Welcome everyone to Tamriel Adventures, a show bringing you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I am your host, Eric Vassilior, and today we are walking through the Imperial City, and we just came from the Elven Gardens District, and now we're walking past the Temple of the One. Merchant, how are you doing today? Because she loves the Imperial City. This one loves the marketplace. The Elven Gardens District is beautiful. Also, this one loves going to the Temple of the One and seeing a statue of Ariel. Well, you know that wasn't always a statue, right? What do you mean? Well, you know there's a great battle here. Oh, yes, the Oblivion Crisis. Because she loves hearing the story of Martin Septim defeating Merun's Dagon. Well, in that battle, Martin becomes the avatar of Akatosh. And after he defeats Merun's Dagon, Ariel, or Akatosh, became a statue. Oh, so incredible. So this is actually Akatosh. Yeah. All right. So why don't we go to the news and then we'll hear more about the Imperials. Sounds great to this one. So as of today, there have been a couple of bits of news. Um, this one, the first one is not Elder Scrolls related, but Bethesda and Amazon are teaming up to bring us a Fallout TV series. This is huge. Um, I actually talked about this with my friends at Fresh Tomatoes a little bit when I was on that episode. So the people of Amazon are hiring the creators or the developers behind the show Westworld to create a Fallout series. And the only way I think that Fallout could be done any justice as a, you know, something to watch, a TV show or film, is if it's done as a series. Because there is so much lore there, and you know, you could you could play Elder Scrolls or Fallout for years on end. So I think having it done as a series is a smart move, and I really trust the people behind Westworld. If you've never seen Westworld, um, I want to say it's a Showtime show. It's one of those premium channel shows, but Westworld is like a combination of Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 4, where you step into a world, like you you basically step back in time and the people that you meet in the, you know, the museum or whatever you want to call it. It's kind of like Connor Prairie if you've ever been to Indiana, uh, Central Indiana, where it's, it's kind of like a living history theme park where you you actually step back in time and the people who are in said you know theme park aren't actual people they're like synths they're androids basically and you can just kind of go do whatever you want you can go to the brothel you can go to the you, you can just go kill everybody and go on a spree and 
what's supposed to happen is everybody gets reset and they don't remember anything. Well, if you've ever seen Terminator, you know that, you know, or yeah, eventually these synths start remembering what they are. So it, it's a very well done show. Uh, it's got some pretty big name people. So yeah, check it out. Um, but the fact that the people behind this show are now developing a Fallout series, that's huge. So can't wait to see it when it's, it finally airs. Um, the other bit of news has to do with the Elder Scrolls. There is a new DLC and update being that's been announced. I'm not 100% sure when it's going to go live, but it should be here really soon. So the update is update number 27. And the DLC is going to be called Stonehorn. So it's a dungeon DLC where it'll have two different dungeons. The first one is called Stone Garden, and the second one is called Castle Thorn. So it's coming soon. Um, the update will be for all uh, platforms, including Google Stadio, which I'm kind of surprised that's still a thing. But that's a whole other story. So it kind of gives you a, you know, the, a brief description. So I will include the link in the show notes. So if you want to read all about that. So I guess Castle Thorn has to do with a vampire army being risen. And it's, you, you basically just invade the, temp, the castle and take them all out. So... Uh, yep, that that's about it as far as the news. So I'm definitely looking... I'm not a huge dungeon person mainly because I don't have any other pers- uh, other people to play with right now. But um, if you would like to join our guild for Xbox or PC, I'd um, just drop me a line and I'll get you invited to the one of the guilds. But... Um, yeah, with dungeons, you definitely need more people to play. Otherwise, you'll just constantly get your head handed to you. As far as gameplay, I uh, played some Oblivion. I uh, played that on stream. So uh, I've done all the recommendation quests to get into the Arcane University. So about to start in on the, the bigger Mages Guild quests haven't really played any Morrowind. I have played a little bit of ESO both on Xbox and PC. My Xbox character, I come to find out you can still get the Antiquities, even if you don't have the Greymore expansion. So that's kind of cool. Look forward to doing some of those. Uh, Played a little bit of Fallout. I also on stream played some WWE 2K19 just to play something a little bit different. If you know me i do enjoy my wrestling too so the games are fun i don't care what people say but that's a whole other issue so um really that's about it i'm probably going to be playing some fallout 76 on stream once i'm done with this episode so need to play a little bit more of that so especially now that the seasons have been released so i've started So let's take a 
short break and then get into talking about the Imperials. So stay tuned. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. So today we are going to be talking about the Imperials. And as always, my information comes directly from the UESP wiki. So um, it's been debated uh, whether or not the Imperials are their own race or whether they are just a subculture of people. Um, I personally believe that they are because I, I, they've just, regardless, they've been come, they've come to be known as a separate race. So they are known as Cyrodiils. They are known as Cyrodiilics, Cryo Nordics, uh, Imperial Cyrodes. The they are very well educated and they are well spoken. And they are natives of the cosmopolitan province of Cyrodiil, as you probably noticed from those nicknames. And I, sh- I need to mention that when you play as an Imperial in most of the games, they have a greater power that's usually called Voice of the Emperor. And what it does is it is a boost to your speechcraft skills for a certain amount of time. So if you're trying to convince somebody to give you some information or something like cut you a deal, if you're dealing with a merchant, that's when you would use it. Most greater powers and lesser powers, depending on what game you're playing, that you have at the beginning of the game or that you get based on your sign or your race, after a while, they kind of become, you know, unnecessary because you have either you've boosted your skill enough or you've gotten another spell to kind of replace it so you don't have to just use it once a day. But anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's what the... Imperial's power typically is is it's a speechcraft boosting skill. So um, it should be noted that they are known for their discipline and training of their citizen armies, and they really respect the rule of the law. They are physically less imposing than other races, but the Imperials have been proven to be shrewd diplomats and traders and these traits along with their remarkable skill and training as a light infantry have enabled them to subdue all other nations and races and erect the monument to peace and prosperity that that comprises the glorious empire that's a direct quote from the article their hedge money has waxed and waned throughout the eras and most most historians yeah, excuse me. I'm apparently stumbling over my words a lot today. Most historians refer to three distinct empires, and the ends of each mark a new epoch in the Tamrielic history. So, yeah, the the eras, uh, you know, basically like the third era, first era, they all have to do with an empire rising and falling 
typically, not always, but so the imperial race emerged out of the original Nibbanese tribesmen, the Needs, the Cyrenoids, and the Merithic era. They were subjugated by a race of Aldmer, the Aliads, and but a rebellion against these rulers formed under the guidance of Saint Alessia in First Era 242 would prove to be so successful that the Aliads were driven to extinction. And we talked about that in the last episode when we talked about the late Aliad, the late Aliad era or period. So the Eastern Nibine Valley region and in the Western Colombian estates were developed under distinct cultures, but were still united under the Colombian Raymond the first Raymond the first to repel an Akaviri invasion in first era 2703, creating the second empire. The Akaviri had devastated many human lands. And I should note that Akavir is another separate continent outside of Tamriel. It's one you don't hear a ton about, but when you do, it's usually, oh, what is over there? There's a whole book called Mysterious Akavir. And you still you still see some of their weapons and armor uh, running around. But as far as actual people from Akavir, you don't really see any of those. There's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of, you know, oh, the, this uh, beast race lived over there or, you know, whatever. But as far as actual cold hard facts, you don't see a lot. But they devastated many human lands, and Raymond I feared an invasion from the Somerset Isles, so he allowed the remaining Akaviri to live and fight for him against the elves. And soon the Second Empire controlled every province of Tamriel except Morrowind. The events surrounding the attempt, attempted conquest of Morrowind led by led to the end of the Raymond Emperors in the First Era. In First Era 2920, the Akaviri Versidu Shai, S-H-A-I-E, who had earned a position as a trusted advisor, took control following the death of the Raymonds and the disastrous Fourscore War. The Akaviri potentates would rule until Second Era 430, but eventually assassinations and poor leadership would make the Empire crumble, leading to the Intergum. Intergum. E-I-N-T-E-R-R-E-G-N-U-M. For 400 years, petty states all over Tamriel quarreled with each other, especially Cyrodiil. The Imperial Province devolved into a collection of warlords squabbling over no man's land of culture stagnation. Eventually, it would take a Nord to reunite the Imperial Province, and that Nord was Tiber Septim. He was appointed General of the Forces of the Kulikain, K, or I'm sorry, C U H L E C A I N. Some of these words are really hard. He was a petty Colovian king. He ruled all of the Kulikanes. I'm, I'm just going to say Kulikane. Kulikane's enemies who had faced him and his armies on the battlefield, quickly reuniting Cyrodiil. And Kulikane was assassinated in Second Era 854, probably because they were tired of trying to pronounce his name. 
Tiber Septim assumed the throne. In a few decades, the provinces would be reunited once more under his third empire. And this outsider to Cyrodiil became the symbol of the, the whole realm. And he eventually ascended to become a, the ninth divine. Ironically enough, most if not all of the emperors of the Third Age would be either Nordic or Breton, not Imperial. Yeah, all the septums were not Imperial. Following the cataclysms of the Oblivion Crisis, the leaderless empire would once again begin to crumble, but it was an Imperial who seized the opportunity, Titus Mede. The Oblivion King would seize the Imperial city with less than a thousand men, and declared himself the new emperor, though not a, not much is, yet is known about this dynasty. Yeah, because it's only been around a couple of hundred, year, couple hundred years, and you actually get to assassinate Tiber, or I'm sorry, Titus Mead the second. If you play the Dark Brotherhood storyline in Skyrim, spoilers. The defining feature of the imperial culture is its cosmopolitanism. Those, although some individuals may be the most arrogant bigots in all of Tamriel. Yeah, that's not... Wow. Okay. Culturally, the Imperials are very conciliatory and congenial, congenial, making them skilled diplomats and traitors. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying, that greater power is a personality booster. So you get to sweet talk a lot of people. Even Imperial vampires claim some semblance of civility. It's easy to understand given their geogra geography and cultural schisms. Cyrodiil borders almost every other province. Yeah, it's pretty centralized in Tamriel. And the historical separation, yet underlying unity and interaction of the Cyrodiilic regions make the Imperials well-practiced at building bridges and maintaining order. Though there are some regions, the two most powerful effectively controlled all regions close to them. The Western Colovian Estates and the Eastern Nibine Bay, Nibine Valley. Early Imperials in Eastern Cyrodiil strongly believed in its Alessian doctrines, even after the Empire's fall, which made them disfavor many practices, notably farming, they defaulted to merchantilism and became wealthy, a wealthy merchant power with a vibrant society that made colorful clothing, conducted elaborate ceremonies and loved tattoos and philosophy. Through their river network, they were able to export many goods, including textiles, fabrics, moon sugar, rice, and armor interesting that they exported a lot of moon sugar because I thought most of that came from elsewhere the province elsewhere with the Khajiit though their beliefs were monotheistic they often focused on the numerous nature of numin that was numinous numinous nature of some facet of society and many cultures many diverse cults operated openly over the years Dedicated to many animal spirits and hero gods, as well as ancestor worship, that they dedicated they dedicated many animal spirits and hero gods. Uh, sorry, the Clovians, in contrast, took more austere and adventuresome lifestyle, in keeping with their Nordic ancestries, and often became mercenaries and pirates. 
Unification under Raymond I didn't eradicate these differences, although, of course, the eight divines were predominant over all, all over the province by the end of the first era. So if you go to a city in oblivion, say, Shadenhall, Skingrad, one of the main cities in Skyrim, or I'm sorry, in um, Cyrodiil, there typically is a a uh, temple to one specific divine. So, like, um, the temple in Kavach was dedicated to Akatosh. So, which is probably why there were nine main cities in there, there, there were either eight or nine main cities in in Oblivion. So let's see. There's Sky, there's Anvil, which uh, I believe that one is Debella. There's Shadenhall. There's Kavach. There's Skingrad. Oh, there's Breville, Leowin, and Coral. So maybe there were just eight. Maybe it's just, I guess there wasn't a temple to Talos, Tiber Septum. So, so yeah, they they highly uh, revere the nine divines. So the respect and admiration Imperials had for Tiber Septum, Tiber Septum is nothing compared to the veneration they have for him as a god of the nine divines. Regardless of the heresies often espoused to, about him. His accomplishments is, inspired them to believe that they could do anything they set their mind to. The end of his dynasty was greeted with great mourning, although also with great pride, as his last known descendant, Martin Septim, sacrificed himself to save all of Tamriel. Imperials know all too well that dynasties are often destined to rise and fall, although it's time, although it will take time before the glorious empire once again reigns over Tamriel. Yeah, especially with all the civil wars going on. So that is the Imperials. Yeah, it, basically, the, the beginning of Oblivion, you're talking to uh, Uriel Septim the Seventh, who just had his legitimate sons taken from him. And then he tells you about Martin, who is illegitimate. And so you interact with him most of the game. And then, yeah, at the end, he sacrifices himself. Spoilers. But the game's been out since 2006. So um, that is it as far as Imperials. So we have had a review. So it is from Durka Does Gaming, my buddy Durka from my show Nintendo. It says... Great show, great guy, great voice actor. It says, amazing amazing show, very fun to listen to, and Eric knows what he's talking about. Well, I, I hope that I come across that way at least. <laughs> I, I do. I've, I know quite a bit about the war, and I love talking about it, so here we are. Um, thank you for that review. If you would like to leave a rating interview, I would greatly appreciate it. Just uh, find me on Apple Podcasts or whatever that, that Apple podcast is the best place because I can actually read the review there. 
Uh, thank you once again to the Hive for sponsoring this show. If you would like to send me a message, I am on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter at Tamrielic P and Instagram at Tamrielic Adventures. You can also send me an email at Tamrielic Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. You can, um, as I said, leave a rating or review that really helps people find this show. Uh, just tell a friend, uh, just tell a neighbor, tell some random person that you find walking down the street. Tell them about this show. Tell them how much that you um, love just hearing about the war. And I swear I will quit uh, <laughs> talking about myself like that. So um, you can also find me in-game, in ESO. Uh, I am on the PC North America server at EE Gold. I am on the Xbox at Sulior, S-U-L-I-O-R-E. You can find me on Twitch where I stream at least a few times a week at uh, twitch.tv slash Sulior. And Mr. Merchant, where are we going next week? Uh, let's see. How about we go visit the Dunmer in Morrowind? Awesome. I've been looking forward to that one. So, as always, stay safe, adventurers. 